Well, hello, and welcome back to the Two Kinky Women Podcast, where we dish about everything kink. I am your co-host, Midnight Lady, and my partner is Mistress Gabrielle. This month, we have a very special episode. My partner, Mistress Gabrielle, was on site in December at Naughty Noel and met up with JP, whose group runs this very successful Weekend King event in the Mid-Atlantic region of the U.S. Curious about an 800-person weekend event? What does it take to pull off a hotel takeover of that size with so many potential issues? Consent violations, medical emergencies, egos running rampant, hotel issues, vendor headaches, scheduling, alcohol sold on-site cancellations, and no-shows, not to mention COVID. Listen in to a conversation between Mistress Gabrielle and JP and find out just how a group of kinksters holds a premiere event with more than 800 people and then does it successfully. Please, if you find that you are interested in learning more about this topic or you have questions or comments, please feel free to email us at tkw at twokinkywomen.com. That's tkw at twokinkywomen.com. Now, on to the conversation. I came to uh, Naughty Noel maybe about, oh, I want to say maybe five years ago or so, but 750 people. How do you handle 750 people? Seriously. I wouldn't recommend doing it if you've not worked yourself up to it. Right. The fact that how we do it is because we've learned how to, you know, how to deal with the little problems and little things and, and put things in place and systems in place and try to, you know, really foresee problems before they occur yeah. and just know. Yeah. And if you were to, if you were to come out of the gate doing an event like this with no experience, you're absolutely going to fail. I mean, you you might be able to do it with with a good crew, but there's there's you're going to miss the bar on, on so many things. Crew, yeah, that's, that's the crux of it. Yeah, crew, um, volunteers got to have what people you can depend on. I mean, any kind of event you're doing, whether it's vanilla or kinky or anything else for that matter, if you don't have people who are working for you, either as volunteers or as paid staff, you're not going to get anything done. So, so my so my old philosophy on on that there's. There's, there's different tiers of uh, people who work this event. There's the crew, who are the people that come in and set up and tear down. And I, I have a soft spot for crew. Yeah. Okay. And I'll and I'll talk about them in a minute because sure. I, uh, but and then there's um and then there's staff. Okay. And staff are the people who are at my house weeks before the event. There's they're at my house doing things and and, and everything. They're also they come to our family barbecues. We go out to dinner with them, or you know, work on the phone, or planning, or this. It's a it's a much tighter circle, and you also find that a lot of the people who are part of my staff, my inner core people, are also on my crew. Okay, and then you have I have volunteers. Volunteers can't do it without them, but there are also people who want to be able to come and enjoy the event for a discounted rate. Okay, so how I meet. My crew and my staff are usually volunteers that come 
that are that are cut from a cloth of people who don't who understand that there's a certain level of commitment where your where your effort isn't going to be rewarded by your ability to enjoy the event. You have to be cut from a from a certain stone that you you also enjoy watching people enjoy what it is that you help create. So, and that's crew. Crew will never get the benefit of the what the event has to offer. Right. You have to be somebody who's going to be, you know, warned, you know, from you know from like their inner core, and somebody who is who truly wants to be of service to the community. Right. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a service service thing because they will they will absolutely you know um discover more about themselves and what it is what it is to actually really put something put something into the community and they take a take so i love my crew and my crew i always take care of them i feed them i house them i try to do everything i can because there just isn't you know they're just you can't do this yeah, this is very interesting to hear you say this because um, I've been around for quite a while. I've been to a lot of different kinds of events, and I've never heard anybody actually explain that difference and how important that difference between crew and staff, and how important that crew is. Right. And having been around for a lot of years, both myself and Midnight Lady, we've seen a lot of events really go south real fast, and we've also seen um, uh, events. Um, not just uh, succeed wildly, but everybody had an incredible time. And I could never really put my fingers on what the, what the difference might be. But you may you may have the answer right there. Yeah. Now you know also a lot of a lot of events, a lot of events sponsored by organizations. Um, the organizations can't hold on to volunteers. They can't hold on to the crew. But you've been very successful in doing this. Are you still working with people who started with you right at the very beginning? Yeah. Yeah, I do. But don't get me wrong. We fight, yeah. We cry, we laugh. You know what I mean? Um, it's it, you know, I, I I recently just had somebody you know exit my crew. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Sure. It was under it wasn't under the best terms, but I believed I was doing what was best for everybody involved. And it you know you got to make hard decisions. Yes. You know I would I will stay up and talk to talk to you at four o'clock in the morning trying to find a resolution, but at the end of the day. We can't come together. We can't come together. But for the most part, everybody everybody who comes into this, they understand, you know, I, I make it clear from the beginning that my, you know, my expectation is this. If we can't, we can't maintain that expectation, you know, I will bend. I will bend as much as I can. But at the end of the day, you know, I have, a, I have an event to run, right. you know. And I make decisions, you know, what I think is going to be for the best of the event. Right. As much as I want to make a decision that's best for you, you know, I, you know, it's, I don't like it. Right. But I, you know, I have to. Right. And that's what a good manager has to do. Right. Absolutely. I don't like to think of myself as a manager. Uh-huh. Because a manager is somebody who, you know, Managers. I'm working with volunteers. Uh-huh. I see myself as a leader. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I want people to follow me, and I'm not telling people to go in. Like right now, like right now, 
I'm actually recovering from a recent surgery. Uh-huh. So I am very limited, but I'm still out there trying to do, and I, you know, I've, I've established such a, such a good, such a good connection with my people that they will not let me do. They, you know what I mean? I'm actually in the way right now. So it makes me want to cry, but I know I've done my job yeah. as a leader. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, pretty obvious when you talk about what what did you say before about your first event was how many people um, 60 people or something like that right 80 60 80 people there were more people that were for free than paid right so i had to do that to get people on board with the concept sure at the event yeah and uh, the first event you know my wife and i we financed uh-huh. you know what i mean at the end of the day when when the hotel was standing there wanting their money you know it came out of our credit cards you know, we, we maxed ourselves out, you know, and so, but we believed in the success and test so much that, you know, we, we, we pushed through. Now, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to get at. Why do this? This is obviously, it not only is it cost, costly to do it, and there's always going to be exi- uh, certain things that you're going to have to, you know, cover and things along those lines. You put yourself at personal and financial risk. Why do this kind of thing? What is it that that is the the motivating factor for it for you? Desire, really desire to see people flourish. So, um, a lot of people may not know uh, Michelle and I were actually venue owners for five and a half years. We had a brick and mortar, uh, private adult club uh, that was zoned as a photography studio. That's how I worked around the local the local property. Uh huh. So. We discovered in that time people would come in with that with that lost look. Right. And then they would find out, find themselves, discover themselves. And we me and her love that. We love seeing people come in one day lost, a month later, they're floating around like a butterfly, they're giving tours, they're they're educating, they're they're talking to people, they're bringing their friends. And it's addictive. It's addictive. And when we had to step away from our from our venue, we literally we became too successful. Uh-huh. And and when we, we stepped away, you know, for lots of reasons, um, but it was our decision to do so and we felt lost. And we were like in in and when you make a decision that affects so many lives. You, you you make it. You make a promise to yourself that I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this. I'm gonna bring this back. I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? Uh, you know it. It was heart wrenching for me to close our doors. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure. But it, but and people didn't realize this. But every time they came up to me and said, "Oh my God, I, my life is without you." Is this? I was so. I was. I had such a. I looked forward to coming there every weekend. Like this, like that, and I can't can't believe it's gone and 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 i'm so and my life is so worse with you gone it's just it, 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 you might as well just rip my heart out of my chest i know that's not what they wanted they weren't trying to do that they were trying to convey how important we were but i took it personally and i made a promise i was like i'm going to you know if i can't find a venue i'm going to do something and the noel was born wow yeah how interesting is that? And then Noel was born. Yeah. And I said, 
we're going to make this what you see out there today. Right. So what we see out there today, right, not right at the moment, but by 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 tomorrow, there'll be over 700 people. Um, wow. That's a lot of people to keep happy. Yeah. Okay. So let's let's look at it this way. How do you keep over 700 people happy at an event like this? Now, obviously, there's a lot of things that you've got to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to have the right presenters. You have to have the right volunteers, as we spoke. You have to have the right place to hold this. Now, this is a hotel takeover, mm-hmm. someplace in the Northeast. Two hotels, mm-hmm. okay, with overflow going to a third hotel, okay? Yeah. So, in order to keep all of these people happy, we're talking about hotel staff as well. I mean, we're talking about essentially vanilla people. Although, after this weekend, some people may not be so vanilla. It depends, right? <laughs> I've heard that happen every now and then. Yeah, we've, already, yeah. we've already corrupted one of the bartenders. Yeah, exactly. I helped her set up my profile last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> these, these things definitely happen. I can have um, one or two events where the local uh, gendarme showed up and uh, uh, came back after duty was over mm-hmm. and said, wow. Uh, tell us more about all of this, you know, and yeah, we did, we did. So how do you do that? How do you keep your first, happy? first thing? Yeah. Listen. Okay. They'll tell you what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening mm-hmm. and you think, well, I had a vision. Okay. And I knew the most, I actually, um, the fact that we had had, uh, the fact that we had had a, uh, a storage full of furniture from having our venue. I used to, to kind of help offset the cost of that storage fees. I used to help other events with their, with their dungeon layouts. Gotcha. So I actually came to this venue for a gay event. And if it's, is it okay if I kid the name? Sure. It's called, it's called Bears, Bikers and Mayhem. Sure. So Bears, Bikers and Mayhem. I came, I came to this venue to help them with their event. Um, great group of guys. Um, it was a gay leather, leather event. Um, got in really well with those, with those guys. And then I got, got to know the, the hotel ownership. Now, the management has changed considerably over the year, but they are the ones that got me, got me introduced and got me, uh, in the venue. And the venue was so accommodating in the beginning to, because they saw, they saw my potential and, uh, they were able to, work with me as we grew but a vision and listen that's how you keep 750 people happy yeah and just the hotel staff do you get any feedback that the people working for the hotel don't want to uh, be on duty during this kind of an event because uh, it, it, uh, they were apprehensive at first they were until they got to know us mm-hmm. you know and then after they got to know us and our our our, our family, our people did not disappoint. They, they tipped well. They, you know, they, they didn't leave the rooms destroyed. They, they were courteous and kind. And now the, Terrific. the, the word is out that when like the, the, the staff who like the new staff that came in, they hear so much about us and they're like, they keep asking, when, are we, when is it, when is the Noel coming? When is the Noel coming? And then when the Noel gets there, they, they absolutely, you know, all the hype that they've heard coming up, you know, is we do not disappoint. Well, I, I ran into two uh, uh, hotel employees, not the, not the uh, person at the desk when I when I came in and, and uh, you know, 
registered my room. But two employees, um, uh, both fellows seemed very, very impressed by, oh, how nice everybody was mm-hmm. and how normal it all seemed. Right. And, and right. oh, everybody was, and nobody seemed, uh, you know, overtaken by, any kind of negativity at all. And I thought to myself, well, just wait till they see what goes on in the dungeon. But one of them already had and didn't think anything of it. And I thought that was really quite amazing. The hotel does does allow the people who don't want to be a part of it. They don't have to be. So they've, they've, you know, in, you know, they, they have those, you know, they have those, you know, there's options in place, right? But um, to my knowledge, their their entire course staff works this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I have found the same thing to be the case, right, Midnight Lady? Um, at the event that we go to during the summertime in uh, in New Jersey, the entire <laughs> staff wants to be there. Now, speaking about people who want to be there or need to be there or might want to be there for whatever reason, what about the local? authorities do you i mean i i wouldn't think that that doing anything under the radar is a good idea how do you connect with with the police with the fire department to let them know what's going on is that the role of the hotel no that's my role okay um as a uh, as a career firefighter paramedic ah i already have um um resources that i know i know to reach out to um so yeah um we, I believe it or not, the local police department here. I've never actually gotten to them. I have reached out to them. I've tried to say, "Hey, this is who I am," but I believe our reputation had already reached their desks. Isn't that something? Right, and they didn't seem to be concerned about us. And I'll explain why. We actually had a um, a significant medical emergency a few events back. It wasn't the Noel. It was our Mardi Gras party that we did uh-huh. here. Same place. And um, we had a significant medical emergency happen where we had EMS and police here. Um, when the police the police were the first to arrive, um, me being uh, a medical professional, me having medical professionals on staff, we were attending to the the patient right um and i do remember overhearing a police officer you know who's in charge i raised my hand he was like oh you seem like you're a little busy so i went back to doing what i was doing as the uh, as the ems agencies arrived i started to kind of pack myself away from the situation so that now i can go back to being gp promoter not gp paramedic gotcha so as the as the promoter that i didn't introduce myself to the uh, to the to the officer, and I said, "I am the promoter. My name is JB. Um, you know, how can I, how can I be of assistance?" He was like, "No need." I said, "No need." He was like, "Your staff has been great." He was like, "They've given us everything that we need." Wow. So, so one of the things that me being in a paramedic and going to conferences, maybe not vanilla conferences, there's always some sort of medical emergency, and nobody knows anything about the patient. You know what I mean? No one could give me anything but a first name. So on our waivers, we we give the option of having an emergency contact. Okay, so if you have an emergency contact, we give that to the responding agencies, and then they take that information, and then they they reach out. So for this particular person, they had they had filled that information out. We had it. We provided it, and then so it made. Which I am knowing, knowing that as my own profession, 
it made their jobs a hundred percent more easier. Right. And you know, it was it was actually witnessed. We 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 watched the officer. Well, I didn't personally, but with that, watched the officer read through our waiver, and he was kind of like. You could see eyebrows raised, kind of like nodding his head, yes. You know what I mean? So he seemed to be, you know, at least least the way it was conveyed to me, impressed with how we had things, how we had things. So when he said, no, your staff has been great. We have everything. He says, look, he said, we've known about you. We've known about this event. We know about your organization. We don't have any problems out of you guys. He said, there is far worse things that go on around this area than your event. He said, we, 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 we enjoy knowing that you're wow. here. He said to something. Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to quote him, right. but it was something along those lines. Right, right. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so you brought up the, the uh, topic of waivers. Let's talk about things that are legal and illegal and uh, things in gray zones for just a second. Those waivers are really quite something. Now, of course, I signed all of my mm-hmm. waivers when I registered last night and I came in and got my, my badge and they're really quite extensive. Yeah. And there's a health uh, waiver, there's yeah. waivers about taking photos, there's waivers about um, responsibility if anything should happen, you take your there's responsibility in your own hands. There's all different kinds of stuff sure. in the waivers about consent, consent violations, um, all different kinds of stuff. So you've got to have legal representation too. So you work with an attorney who advises you on what it is that you have to do to make sure that you guys are okay. And you guys have set up, I'm sure, as a corporation or whatever it happens to be to make sure. You're LLC. Right, you're now LLC. So the liability is squarely on the um, uh, on the attendees, essentially, right? Well, I mean, the, the the important thing is is I just I want people to understand what they know they're walk they know that what they're walking into, right? Okay, I try to do as much to try to keep. Uh, I'm more I'm more worried about the staff and their comfort and being being involved with this. So the waivers. I mean, I can't stop people from suing me. Right. And I'm I'm very well insured. Right. We pay a lot of money to be well insured. Yeah, I was going to ask about and insurance. So, um, and we, How do you find an insurance agent, by the way? You're going to have to talk to me. That's a trade secret. Yeah, it is. Isn't that, it? Anybody Everybody do that, yeah. they can contact me. Very good. Very good. Because I know that that's something that keeps a lot of people from getting involved in this kind of thing. There's probably other reasons why they should be kept from getting involved in this kind of thing. <laughs> but I know that, that people have spoken about it, and it's always I will, it's tell, you, bush. I will tell you, it's very hard to find yes. insurance to do that. Yeah. And it is expensive. Yes, of course. It seems to me that it would be. So so in regards to that, so we're talking about the waivers and, and the legalities and things like that. Are there certain restrictions that the hotel will put on an event at this time? I mean, the hotel just doesn't want damage to their furniture. Right. And their, and their property. Okay. That's it. You know, and then you have to you have to deal with whatever regulations are in place for the city and the state in which yeah. you are sure. doing this this little event, right? Now, I notice um, there have been times in the past where I was involved. I know in events where if there was alcohol being served on premises in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. there could be no full nudity. Do you have that re- regulation here in, in this in this city or this uh, state? So, so. The way the way I was the way the hotel see that liability falls on the hotel. Gotcha. Okay, mm-hmm. it's their liquor license. Right. Okay. We, we don't we don't do. I mean, I have my my insurance policy because there's alcohol served here does protect me. Okay. If 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 an, if an alcohol related right. incident happens, 
even though the responsibility should fall on the hotel. Right. But I'm still covered. Okay. Okay. But um, so that's why. So there are certain areas where the alcohol is being served that we we don't allow nudity gotcha. type, that type okay. activity or behavior. That makes a hundred percent sense. So right. now the beautiful thing is is um you know that's that's when alcohol is being served, bought and paid for. Right. You know, um with there being so many people bringing their own alcohol, it, it falls under a completely different set of guidelines. Right. So the the people out in the pool area and the in the mezzanines who might be having a cocktail while they're engaging in light activity because we we certainly don't encourage anybody being intoxicated. That's people. one of the big no no. Yeah, yeah, big no no's. That is still something that's right. People shut down quick, right? You know, because you're inviting problems. You know, and I like my I like my insurance. I don't need to lose it. Right. Somebody else right. can't. Can. Responsibility, right? You know? Right. So, and what about other things? Like, for example, this is a sex positive event, very much, and in a lot of the events that that uh, that take place uh, with hotel takeovers, or maybe not even a hotel takeover, it could be a campground, or it could be something along those lines. Um, it is not quote unquote sex positive, mm-hmm. okay, and it is not encouraged on any way, shape, or form. In fact, it can be completely forbidden. Uh, out in, uh, in in the areas where most people will congregate and 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 play, um, does that have to be vetted through the hotel, or is that is that you know that's that's a good question. Uh huh. If I had to if I had to speculate, uh huh. Um, again, you know, um, I'm aware of those events. Uh, I have I've asked repeatedly, what do they know that I don't know? Right. And and you know, and and I've asked some people who were who were been doing this a lot longer than me and nobody can give me a definitive answer beyond tradition uh, okay and uh, simply just not wanting to invite problems right that they just don't want to deal with gotcha okay so i have to be i have to be okay with and, and have the infrastructure in place to be able, and maybe problems is, is a strong word. Okay. Maybe, maybe I should, maybe I should say the, the, um, unfortunate events that could happen when you're a sex positive event. You know what I mean? Cause you are, you are, you know, opening things up that people sometimes and will take that are implied when in fact they're not, which does, which does create problems that we have to, we have to resolve right so speaking of, of, of those kinds of problems um there's always going to be issues when there are a lot of people together as we said and you know medical issues this kind of issues and also given our lifestyle and what it is that we do um there is the issue of consent violations what do you do if somebody comes up to you i mean you guys leave the event and somebody comes up to you and tells you there was a consent violation there was some kind of a really Heavy duty thing that went on. Right. What 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 are the steps that you take? Well, let me first start off by saying we've n- not always gotten it right. Okay. Okay. We've we've dropped the ball before. Uh huh. Okay. So, um, and that would be my advice to anybody wanting to get into this. You have to be you have to be forgiving of yourself, and you have to be very apologetic, and you have to always want to strive to do better. Okay. Today, because our because our because we've We've dropped the ball before. We've had to evolve our policy to be, you know, to you know, to to make sure that we get it right. 
and we and continue to strive to get it right. So, um, uh, first, you always side with the victim. Yeah, that is my policy. Yeah, okay. Um, and then you do, you work backwards from there. Yeah, okay. So if a victim comes up to you and says this happened, that happened, and you deal you deal with the car, not, uh, the the the, the, the perpetrator for lack of a better term mm-hmm. you know what i mean the consent violator mm-hmm. and then you know i i believe in striking fast striking hard okay because we've gotten it wrong before do you have a committee do you have yes. a, perhaps yeah, i actually um, someone who does mediation um, yes um i actually have a have a young lady um actually i kind of i wish she could have joined us today i would have certainly been a, wanted to introduce you uh-huh. but she's also one of my head people gotcha. and she's just you know 750 people yeah you can't really have we can always catch up with her. We can always catch up with her. I don't think she would mind me uh, name dropping her. She goes by Wicked Peanut. Oh, I know Peanut. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she is the head of my consent team. Gotcha. Okay, she did it for many years. Yeah. In the in the DC, yeah. she dealt with these types of cases, mm-hmm. and now that she's retired, she deals with them still in the private sector, all the way up to the Supreme Court level. Yeah. So she very level headed, very intelligent, very knowledgeable. Um, um, friendly, yes, yes, I get you. <laughs> she turns Absolutely. the big Yeah, um, very, very important. It really is because yeah. I've seen this kind of thing happen, um, and and uh, I was dismayed to find out for a big event in the Northeast last year that there was nothing in place except if you felt that there was a consent violation, you could call the police. Yeah. And I said, whoa, right. I don't know what that's about, but I don't think that's a I good believe, idea. I don't believe an event could survive very long right. with that type of right. mentality. Yeah. That's unfortunate to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. So generally what happens is um, I try to make sure that I have uh, a, a feminine entity on medical staff all the time mm-hmm. to handle the more sensitive victim, okay? Um, because uh, I, I'm a 280-pound, muscular, bigger guy. I don't need to be injecting myself and doing a physical, well, not really a physical assessment, but, uh, but you know, to make sure that the person physically is okay well, after an incident. So I try to make sure that I have, uh, you know, more feminine energy, more you know, to be able to be there at the victim's side to handle any physical problems while Peanut starts her investigation. Gotcha. And then generally between those two people or a third, almost certainly I have somebody that the victim is comfortable with there. And then they they initiate the um the the, the complaint and then like I said they work it backwards from there. Right. Our first, our first and foremost is to find the find the, the the consent violator, remove them from the from the from the venue. Okay, uh, I don't always issue a ban right away. I just say, hey, um, we're going to ask you to leave. Um, I can't answer any of your questions right now. I just need you to understand that you're no longer welcome at the event. And then that person is removed. Gotcha. And then, now we can't always assume that that uh, a perpetrator or the alleged uh, consent violator is yeah. male. Well, okay. male. Well, okay. yeah. I, I I should apologize. Right. I should apologize. Oh well, we we <laughs> we always know like it's equal equal responsibilities. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yes. 
So as it happens, whatever it is, then you handle it accordingly. And then from that point, our attention goes to the victim. Right. And then that, that person uh, is, you know, all their all their, their needs are addressed. And then we we start asking questions. Right, right, right. Okay. That's good. That's good. That makes makes people feel very comfortable about wanting to do uh, an event. Mm-hmm. We've done podcasts in the past where we talk about making a success mm-hmm. out of your first weekend event. And believe it or not, people need to know how to make it a success. And a lot of people are very cautious. And some people might think, oh, I don't know about that. You know, it may be overwhelming. And I'm not quite sure that that is something that I want to do. So I understand that. And letting people know that there are procedures in place, you know, to make sure that things don't go crazy because things can go wrong no matter where you are. You know, there's a lot of people that are involved. Talking about uh, a lot of people, uh, let me ask you about the uh, LGBTQ plus community. Um, A lot of events are what people used to call, maybe they still do pansexual, which means people of every variety, every kind of um, uh, sexual uh, orientation are very much welcome. Do you find that there are a lot of gays, a lot of trans, a lot of um, uh, non-binary type people attend these things? Absolutely. They do. We, we, we are, we, we do consider ourselves a pansexual lifestyle BDSM event. We follow, we, we, we get a lot of swingers. We, 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 we are very trans friendly. Okay. Uh, very pansexual friendly. We do have, we do get some gay males here. Um, there is a lot of, um, same sex, uh, goes on between, uh, both males and females. Um, so, but, uh, there, I, if I would say the, the, the least represented, um, of the, of the LGBTQ would be gay males, but they are welcome and we do, we do have some here, uh, but they are the least represented. Beyond that, I would say it's a, it's a pretty good mix of, of everybody. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you've had time to walk around. It's obvious there's, we, you know, we are very trans friendly. Yeah. So, yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you have particular, say, um, gay play space? Uh, I know some events in the past have made an effort to encourage um, gay uh, participation by having gay, uh, staked out gay play spaces. I'm not quite sure how I feel about that, but I, some people do it. I, uh, we do not. We do not. Um, if, you know, again, going back to how do you, how do you run a successful event? Um, if that's what they, if that's what's asked for, um, I could certainly try to, you know, try to see how accommodating I can be. I'm kind of with you on the fence. I don't really like having diversity, but I also know, Gay men prefer to play where there's only gay men. Right. right. So, um, but, um, uh, you know, as somebody who goes to many gay male events, um, you know, I certainly wouldn't have a problem creating that type of environment. Right. So, right. That, um, again, yeah, it, it, it would all depend on, you know, what, what the crowd asked for. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a really good answer because I think that that's, pretty much the way it ought to be in my mind anyway you know being responsive to that kind of thing so talking about vetting people and vetting events and vetting activities okay i notice on your schedule that you have a lot of space time devoted to vetting events that are happening here at the at the uh, uh, Noel. right 
What does that mean? Why do you do it? And um, what kinds of, of uh, activities are going to be vetted before they do it? Because we can be uh, kind of extreme in the lifestyle. We do like to play. A lot of people like to play on the edge. So what do we guys do? So, so we, we, we've, we, 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 we insist that people come to the vetting circle for fire play, needles, blood play, wax, nothing waxes on there, and um, uh, water bondage is one of them. And anything that we, we, we think, we just want to make sure that you understand, you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, we didn't used to what in the earlier because we were able to kind of police ourselves with the crowds. But when you get to when you get to five, six hundred, seven hundred, we saw a massive influx of new people who had never been to an event before, uh, post COVID. If it if there was such thing as post COVID. Yeah. You know. Um, so we saw all these bright eyed green brand new fire kits in hand wanting to come into our play space and genuinely i've got three dms on at once with several hundred people in one room and the majority of them were newbies i needed to make sure that you know i didn't invite any problems so we decided to start doing the vetting circle so that we could articulate to those people the information and we had on paper so we knew they didn't just glance over it it was it was drilled into their brains for however long and usually half hour 45 minutes to to get through it depending on how big the crowd is and that we knew and we could get a feel for the people individually because you know um and 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 in that way the and it also you know, our people may not specialize in a certain thing, but somebody in that vetting circle will. And that's why we call it a vetting circle. I see. So that it's 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 a 45-minute information share where everybody has the option to be able to speak their experience. And everybody walks away, hopefully obtaining more knowledge. And when they bring, when they come into my play space or our play space, that they're not overwhelming my DMs and allows my DMs to really focus on the, the big problems, the serious problems, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, a simple fire scene can just be that and go on unhitched. Now, I am in no way in this vetting circle vetting that you are competent or you are proficient at fire. I'm vetting that you understand you know what you're getting into i'm vetting that you've been given the information and the contra coup of that is we are getting a good a, a, a certain level of comfort that you you've obtained the information that we've that we presented you and that you you understand that going forward and we have we have had people that we will sit there and explain this and just based off of their feedback or their question tells us that they've missed the mark and we won't. So everybody goes to the vetting circle, their badge gets marked that they've set through it. And we'll say, it seems like to me, maybe you would benefit more if you took another fire class or if you, it, you know, there's a, you know, this going, why don't you go, why don't you go sit in on this lecture or this class and then come back to the next vetting circle and we'll, we'll talk to you again and see, you know, how, you know, 
how how you feel about the knowledge you gain and see if maybe you have a little better understanding mm-hmm. of what you're getting yourself into. Right. And then and then we'll put it and all that thing on their badge as is to say that I've talked to this person, they've given me enough feedback that I feel confident that they, you know, understand what's expected of them right. and how to and how to act. Right. So in the play space, do you have areas that are specifically marked yes. off? for things like fire play, medical play, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. And your dungeon monitors already know before that this is what's going to be happening. So at any given time, how many dungeon monitors in the big dungeon space? Uh, we have two DMs, and we have one head DM. Uh-huh. And the head DM is the final say. Uh-huh. He has the final say over me. Gotcha. Like, I can't veto his decision. Uh-huh. Okay? And so if he makes a decision that I don't agree with... Yeah. How do you train? How do you train a dungeon monitor? I mean, what uh, you well, it takes a lot of time. It does, doesn't it? To, yeah, to get to that level, right? Okay, um, I I happen to be very fortunate that my original head DM came from a a, 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 a strong background from the Crucible in DC. Yeah. Okay, and he was and he was trained by their DMs. Right. And let's face it. The Crucible's been around for a very long time. Yes, Their DMs are top notch. Right. Okay. Um so so he he was cut from a, a very old cloth and very you know, very traditional, very very protocol based, very you know what I mean? So um he is my trainer and uh he basically me my current head DM, his successor, work with him individually, so I'm I'm very blessed with that. Mm. It, you know, it's taken a decade to get in there because, like yeah. I said, we you know we did this every weekend for five and a half years. Right. You know, right. three or four events a week. So now were they 700 people in this play space? No, it wasn't. But right. you know, we were 150, 200 people. Right. Right. You know, yeah. So. It takes a lot of skill, a lot of knowledge, um, yeah. and and I think it's a very important thing. And again, it's one of those kinds of things that make people feel very comfortable about committing to go to to an event if they are to mm-hmm. play in a you know in a general play space where there are lots and lots of people mm-hmm. and of course the thing is that we know in the scene it's scene etiquette never to uh, interrupt somebody's scene sure. unless of course you're a dm so does a person who's seeing something objectionable go over to a dm and say i think that's objectionable okay. is that an okay thing to do well yeah for sure yeah well we encourage it actually uh-huh um we, I mean, we don't encourage you to, to inject yourself unless it's obvious that the, that the bottom is in some sort of medical distress okay. and the top just hasn't acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, and even if that person gets it wrong and, and you know, from their perspective, there was an acute medical emergency and they injected, I'm going to support them. Mm-hmm. You know, even if the dominant uh, is upset. And, and you know, and it ruins the scene. I'm still going to support any layperson that thinks that they were doing the right thing. But if there's something that they're just not comfortable with, or they're striking in a place that they don't think should be, I ask that those people go to the DMs and let the DMs in- inject themselves, or let the DMs, um, let the DMs, um, watch the scene 
if the DMs are comfortable with it, this person's just maybe a little bit more cautious mm-hmm. based off of their experience or their their training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, I you know, I also invite that person. Then if they didn't get the result, the resolution from the DM, certainly go talk to the head DM. But at the end of the day, if the head DM is okay, the head DM is okay, and I will support my head DM because I you know thousands of scenes and. You know, he's he's generally right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. 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 But, you know, that's, it's that's, taken him years to get that. Yeah. It's a skill. It's yeah. a skill. There's it's, no question yeah. about it. Let me ask you about something else that I saw on, on the schedule. This was very interesting. Um, there's some controversy where there has been over the years about having slave auctions yeah. because it just, it, it rings kind of bad for some people, the whole concept of the idea sure. of having a slave auction. But I do see that there is an auction. There are, there's a nice big auction. And yet, uh, on the schedule, there is um, uh, an opportunity for anybody who wants to be involved in the auction as either a bidder or a seller mm-hmm. to go and get vetted first. So, what is that about? Because that's the first time I've seen anything yeah. like that. So, um, number so the the slave auction isn't a Studio Fifty Eight um, um, sanctioned event. I see. It's an outside organization uh-huh. that I've known for a very long time. They're great people. They take consent very seriously. I feel comfortable allowing them to do this within our event, okay? But, you know, to get to that comfort, we we all agreed, my staff, their staff, agreed that the best way to try to alleviate some of our concerns were to do this vetting process and make sure that, you know, people coming, you know, coming into this understood that number one, this is this is for fun, right? You know what I mean. So that needs to be the undertone of the whole thing, right? And you know, no still means no, and you know, and, and any other concern that that might pop up when you hear slave auction, we try to make sure that we address all those concerns and those involved understand that and understand that we're not fooling around. You know what I mean. And don't come to me because you think something's unfair. You know you're gonna you're gonna lose. You know, so, yeah. You know, we're, yeah. We're, we're yeah. always gonna side on the fact. And with the slave option, this is this is fun. If minds get changed, minds get changed. Uh huh. You know, so, sure, sure. Yeah. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So, are you actually doing a slave auction of people or of scenes? Oh, that's that's uh. You know, that's a question I can't answer. Uh-huh. And the reason why I haven't worked that closely. With no, okay. Um, I do I'm know curious that, about it. I, I do know that there. I do know that there. Um, that the 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 person being auctioned uh, is either can either seen. You know, uh, so this might ask, answer your question. Uh, can either uh, do a top scene, either fire or whatever, uh, or the bottom can. Agree to a to a uh, you know submissive scene. So um, now, uh, I guess if you really dissect that, you as a person are being yourself auctioned off. Right, so, right, right. But negotiation is always 
part of the thing. And I suspect that that's what that vetting yeah. for the auction is all about. Yes. The process yeah. of learning how to negotiate yeah. for that type of a scene. Yeah, yeah. Negotiate, negotiate. Okay. Well, well, yeah, it would seem to me that that would be extremely, extremely important. Let me ask you something else in regards to, you know, the activities that go on on a weekend like this. How do you vet your people? Now, what I mean by that is your attendees. And the reason I say that is uh, over the years, all over the country, whenever there have been kink activities and hotel takeovers and things along those lines, somebody from the media, nine times out of ten, gets in under the radar. How do you make sure that doesn't happen? Well, it hasn't happened, and what are you going to do about it? Well, we try to make sure, believe it or not, Mm -hmm. um, if we, we... we know so many people at this point. Mm-hmm. When somebody registers from a local area, we'll go check their we'll go check their fit life profile. Uh-huh. Okay, and um, and by looking at their fit life profile, um, either it'll give us enough information. We feel like this person is somebody who's safe to come. If they don't have a fit life profile, if they this, if they that, we'll almost certainly we won't issue a refund. But we might send them an email asking how they found out about us. Ah. You know? Okay. Hey, we see you're coming. You know, it's interesting that you don't have a set life profile. Um, you know, it would it would it would really it would really um, you know, uh surprise us to you know, to, to know how you how you found out about us. You know, was it you know, could you maybe could you maybe give us something? And in our past experiences a lot of times, if they're vague, when we start to get a bad, you know what I mean? And my my wife, Michelle, she's a bloodhound. <laughs> and she'll, okay. get, she'll get on other social, social right. medias. Right. And she will find you. She will. <laughs> she will. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Give us a vague answer, a vague email. You know, a lot of people, if they heard from us through word of mouth, they're name dropping, they're this, they're that. They're telling us, you know, they heard about us, they're this. And then, you know, we 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 get a, a certain level of confidence. Can somebody slip past? Absolutely. I've had um, uh, I've had people approach us, the press approach us, wanting to do a, a positive, right? You know, a, a positive right. of right. us, and I've asked them not to. Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. You know, we were actually a little apprehensive about your podcast, podcast until we looked into it right. and saw it as you know as as a benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> very interesting. Very, very mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of stake. There's no question. There's no question about it. And we've seen this happen over mm-hmm. the years. How do you feel? I mean, you've been doing this now for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, uh, with your organization and then with the Noel and the other the other things. Mm-hmm. How do you think the scenes changed? What's what what do you what would you say has been the biggest difference from when you guys first got started and today? Um, in 2023. Well, when I first got started, yeah, single tail whips with the rave. Everybody was doing. Uh huh. And then uh-huh. it seemed like the younger crowd that came in was broke, broke, broke. Everything was broke, and the single tails were still a big thing with this dynamic, a maturity dynamic. If you if you understand what I'm saying, and then the younger people seemed like they just went for the rope. Um. And then rope went away. Yeah. But it's coming back. Yeah. You know? Um fire for us is our is our big thing. Yeah. Yeah. We do we foster a lot of fire. I'm starting to see a lot more needle play now. Uh that 
needle. So more edge play. Yeah, a lot more edge play. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I guess. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, a lot more edge play now. Um, I don't, I don't know why. It just seems to be what's where it's going. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'm wondering too. Oh, go ahead. Take that. That's no, no, it's quite a rate. Oh, okay. I'm wondering too um, whether or not you know um, all, all these things being um, uh, in the media. You know, uh, the the whole the books, the movies, um, certain um, um, you know people who uh, you know um, uh, influencers as it all, as it were coming out and being interested in all these different kinds of things made it more acceptable. You think it's more accept acceptable to be kinking in today's world? Let me give that a thought. Yeah. And the reason I ask that is um, I, I've been going through my own thing about coming out mm-hmm. in my community, uh, which is something that I haven't done. Yeah. And I'm thinking about doing it. We're going to be going, this is not a secret, we're going to be going to uh, video on our on our podcast as well come probably spring of, of next year. And so there is no hiding, as it were. Um, so, But there still is probably a cost. But it seems to me so many people uh, have made this almost like, um, oh, it's, you know, it's really no big deal. If if, if, if I may be so bold, uh-huh. and when the, when the, the movie and the books first came out, right. we did see an uptake. Yeah. And then it quickly went away. Mm. Because when they got there, it wasn't like the books. No, it certainly wasn't like the books. Books. So, as much as we might like the books, that it, it really did over romanticize the whole concept. Right. Yeah. Um, I I do think that it's more widely acceptable. Yeah. Um, but there, the 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 those who don't accept it, are really don't accept. Really don't. Right. Yes. Yeah. There's no, there's no tolerance yeah. of it at all. Yeah. You know, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But but uh, if I had to say that. You know, especially with like local businesses are, are absolutely hands down, uh, you know, because we work with local businesses around here to bring in some uh, some advertising and stuff like that. Right. And they love it when we come here and they love it when we send people, you know, to the restaurants to that. Right. Right. So, right. you know, they know who we are. They know what we're right. about. Right. You know, um, fortunately, this is not a slow weekend for Gettysburg anymore. Right. When we first started. Yes, it sure was. It was a very slow weekend. Yes, yes, yes. Um, We actually are, we are actually, uh, I said Gettysburg. Well, I can always take it out if you don't. Okay. (laughs) I personally don't care. Right. But Gettysburg this year is, uh, uh, got a a, a big (laughs) Gettysburg Christmas thing going on. That's right. This weekend, a lot of activities. I saw that. They had it last year. Right. They have it this year. Right. So even with, the influx of outside, right. you know, opportunities. They're still excited that we're here yeah. and that we're bringing we're bringing revenue to their day. exactly. And I think that's really what it comes comes down to, isn't it? A bringing in revenue, right. and essentially that's the name of the game with anybody in this twenty first century. Bring in the revenue, and that's a good thing. I'll tell you what I think. The, one of the biggest changes is that I've seen, and that is the um, I. I I, I, I use this word car- carefully, but the marriage of the kink and swinging communities, I think this is absolutely fascinating. And the reason I say this is um, years ago, and it wasn't all that long ago, maybe six, seven, no, all right, let me say it was 10 years ago or so, um, when swingers would see the kinks and the kinky people come in or share the same space, the swingers on the first floor and the kinky people on the second floor, they would run screaming from the room. Right. At an event that I went to, in fact, uh, one of... Uh, 
the presenters was just showing in this little dungeon setup that they had some fire play and the people just like went bonkers. Hell no, this is, not. but in the recent couple of years, wow, yeah. you know, swinging activities. Now they've got a dungeon set up. Right. If I, again, this is, you know, and I, and I, and I hope that people don't take offense to how, uh-huh. how I word this. Right. But it was my experience in the early years that kinksters did not tolerate swingers. They just, they did you know, swingers were light, playful, and the kinksters were, this is very serious. This is about me and my, and my partner, the connection, the bond, mm-hmm. everything. Yes, it's sexually charged, but it's not about the sex. With swingers, it's about the sex. Right. And th- that was the, that was the, 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 the head, the head clunk. So, as, as we've evolved as a community, I'm talking about, uh, BDSM, we we've gotten away from that that very protocol driven, very, and we saw where we could have where we could have improved, and we I feel like I'm one of the pioneers in this. Uh, in the beginning, um, we were very swinger friendly, but it, 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 we had to exercise a lot of patience because when we were inviting swingers into our space, we you know they came in with that, and it took time. And effort on our part to be understanding and, 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 and speak and educate and get the word out that the etiquette that they were used to is different than our etiquette. Oh, really? And, but once we got them to understand that, which wasn't hard, we just had to articulate it. Once we articulated our etiquette, they totally understood it, got it. And, you know, and then they took that back to their swing clubs started to and, and you know just like in, in any uh industry you're gonna have people that just aren't on board with the idea right. but they found that when they took it back to their to their places of comfort that they they wanted to know more and then that's when they started reaching out to kinky people saying can you bring that to our place and we did and then we went and so now almost every swing club has a kink room and people there to offer the education and the etiquette so that they know how to react and how to how to how to navigate a kink a kink event. It's quite interesting. Yeah. One of the big differences of course is that swingers do a lot of alcohol. Yes. They're you know they're they they're fueled very much by uh, a mm. lot of uh, a lot of drinking. And that's one of the things that we don't do. One of the things that we don't do is safe, sane, and consensual not to be high when you're playing because people can get hurt. I also think one of the big changes has been the acceptance of our community by virtue of the work that the NCSF has done, National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. We've done so much incredible work. It's, it's instrumental. Now. Right. It's a soft ground. It is, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought, I thought that you probably would because they really are. Um, of so much value. Yes. We had a great interview a while back with Susan Wright yes. from the NCSF, and I think she was able to let people know what's going on behind the scenes, no pun intended, and that you know it's really critical that we support the NCSF because this community needs that support because they reach out to everything that's legal, the police, the law, you know, the, the legal community. Susan was uh, Susan was somebody who helped me reach out to the law enforcement here. And like I said, we never heard back from them. Right. I was working with Susan. Right. And using my channels as well. Um, and uh, 
and, and I and I had eventually got my answer why I never heard back because they 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 were aware of us already. Okay, and we weren't a threat to them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. NTSF is a great great great, yeah, great opportunity. Great. So yeah, good. right, I know. So we're all looking forward to it, considering this is Friday and the. This part of the weekend, Friday night, right. Monday, Saturday, and Saturday, and is yet to happen. Mm-hmm. So we're all looking forward to this, and I hope that during the weekend I may have the opportunity to talk to a couple of volunteers, get a little feedback, and run into some people in the hallways or while we're having couples. I, I would invite you to, to talk to Bina. Wonderful. Yeah. I will definitely do that. More questions about consent. Yes. Uh, one of the other things that we do yes. here, because um, I'd like to go back and talk about the alcohol with the swingers. Right. I thought, right. Um we we kind of try to identify people who who might be a problem uh-huh. and make sure that they are involved. We do a tour system here, okay? And while we do our tours, we show people the major areas and how to navigate around. While we're doing that, we're talking about consent, we're talking about etiquette, we're, you know, my tour guide, I have a specific person that's what he does, tour guides. He is interacting with these people. He's he's laying down basically the the law. You know, this is how we expect you to act. If you indulge, this is how you know, and this is what you know, this is what you can expect. If this happens, if that happens. So these people, when they leave the tour, they've already been Warned, and I'm using air quotes. You know, yeah. So I saw that on the on the schedule. You had uh, yeah you know, a tour of the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, the whole place, all the places, no. places and that else. and that and that allows the this what we call the we call this the swinky yeah the kinky swinger. Gotcha. Understand that. That's a new term, the swinky. Yeah. I love that. Swinky. That's yeah. great. <laughs> That's the swinky people know. Right. Uh, they are coming into a kink venue, right. not a swing venue. Uh-huh. So basically, you know, the our, our, our cardinal rule is don't touch it if it doesn't That's belong right. to you. That's right. You know, and we definitely touch on the alcohol right. because we are, we are, we are, we do allow people to drink. We're very, we're, you know, we're very, you know, uh, we actually have a very open cell phone policy. You know what I mean? Yes, we you do. Want, uh, because we, we believe if you, if you educate, 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 adults can act like adults. Do you know? Do we have to ask people to put their phones away in the dungeon? Absolutely. But they're always like, "Oh my God, I'm sorry," because it becomes a habit, right? You know what right. I mean? So, um, you know, do we? You know, you know, have we caught somebody taking a picture when they when they weren't paying attention to somebody in the background? Absolutely. When we go over, we educate them. They're almost certainly always let me look at their phone. I, you know, and I delete if there's a picture there. I personally delete it myself, or our head of security would do it. You know, we don't just let any of our staff look at your cell phone. Right. It's you know, it'll either be Peanut, right? My chief of security, who's uh, who goes by QC, um, head DM. Uh, I have two other MODs, Craig and Melinda, or myself. Yeah. 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 So that's fair. Yeah, Very fair. fair. I would say absolutely. Yeah. So I know just another one question that I have for you about you know what what brings what brings uh, people 
uh, to come to an event like this. I was just talking to uh, somebody uh, outside who told me that they, uh, they're they from California. They just got on a plane and came in from California yeah. to come to the event. What do you think it is? What brings people here? Is it we want to play with others? <laughs> we like to play with others. We like we're all show-offs or we're all ex- exhibitionists. Well, what, what brings people together? In your I had, if I had to sum it up in one word, yeah. would you think of like if if it was any of that, they would have showed up Noel one. Okay. Yeah. Reputation. Yeah. Huh. Okay. This is a place to get together, have fun, see your friends. No. Yeah. Right. And we, play with awesome equipment. Our reputation precedes. Uh huh. That we, you know, we are gonna, we're gonna do our best to take care of you and give you a good time. Right. And, and educate you. Right. And the education part, I think, is is really really critical. Yeah. And let's face it. Uh, the kinds of equipment that you ha- do have in the dungeon, you generally don't find in somebody's house. I built I built, I built the majority of it. Yeah, it's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Really, Thank really great stuff. Thank you. Really I'm is. pretty proud of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, as a, as a, as a lover of, of large bodies, the, the equipment is designed specifically to withstand, um, you know, uh, people that I like to play with. Right. So it, right. it, it is, it is. Uh, if, you're, if you're a larger person, you don't have to worry right. about right. Uh, utilizing any of our yeah, yeah. Which it, which is actually something that we've been we've been praised on. I think I think that that's something worthy of being praised, actually, because a lot of times um, that's not that's not yeah. the case. Some, you know, some, some venues or some some events, right? It's, yeah, right. It's, it's just very designed right. for the uh, for the honest to say that. Average, yeah, the, the average yeah. practitioner, and being considering the fact that this community is very much inclusive of people of all sizes, yeah. shapes, and everything else, it's really great to see. Well, I know Midnight Lady and I are very much looking forward to tonight, Friday night, and tomorrow, and we're going to talk to some other people. But I want to thank you very much for taking the time to come up today in the middle of everything it is that you have to do. <laughs> Because everything is going on. Yeah, but yeah. Well, it, I couldn't have done it without Greg staff. Oh, fabulous. That yeah. is really wonderful. Right. So we'll catch up with some other people. And I want to thank you again, JP. Fabulous for everything thank that you, you do. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you for allowing me. You're really, really happy. Oh, absolutely. It has been our pleasure. Thanks again very much. Okay, guys. That's was terrific. Thank you so much. And even with your hoarse voice, you are just wonderful. He likes to talk. Could you tell? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they call me, Gabby. My, yeah. my nickname since I was in my sixth grade. I told you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk right through with you. <laughs> I do want to talk just with a couple of volunteers and be very, very unobtrusive and just ask for their permission first and just have a couple of minutes, you know, five minutes here or there. And that would be just terrific. But I think it's going to be very, very helpful for people. Everybody that I've spoken to, um, uh, since we originally spoke together about doing this, it's been very like, wow, that's really going to be interesting. And people, people want to know. People want to know things. Yeah. That, um, I'd like to articulate this. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I have been trying for, um, well, I'm trying. I get successful at some level, but to want to be able to start offering my, knowledge to help other people kick off their events i can't believe you just said that because i was just thinking that 
The reason I say that is we are doing uh, in New Jersey, where, of course, I'm from. Of course, um, it's not gonna just stop me in New Jersey, but I also belong to another family by the name of the Goddess House. Mm-hmm. And we just started up Club Femme in New Jersey. Okay. And um, Brimstone, I'm sure you know about Brimstone, is no longer right. because Dan just does not want to do it anymore. And all he's been doing is harassing the hell out of us, Goddess House, the women in Goddess House. And... The women goddess has in the club from New Jersey people are being led essentially by the same group. It's just been harassing us like crazy to take it over. And we are just incredibly trepidatious about even going near such an incredible thought. And I was thinking to myself when you were talking, I was thinking to myself, gee, wouldn't it be great to be able to hire <laughs> these people and have them come in and run an event, but not run it so much, but as to be the guiding force behind it, consulting exactly to lead, you know, whatever, because we have been in touch over the past couple of years with people from Floating World. Floating World has been very successful about I, I, that went down big time. I, I did. I was, I was, that's where I cut my teeth. I actually, Floating World, when I told you that I was going to events and I started out, or maybe I didn't tell you, I think I was telling my backstory to somebody else. I started out building furniture. Uh-huh. Okay, but I didn't before. And Floating World was one of the events that out to me. And passed to borrow some of my furniture. Uh-huh. So I took a trailer full of furniture up there two years in a row. The first two years, I wasn't there for the, the, I think it was the third and final year. I was there for the first two. So you worked, did you work with Dan? Uh, I worked in Frazier in the Crucible. Oh, Frazier. Of course, Frazier brought up all that stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. So Frazier reached out to me and said, hey, I got a pitch pitch to fill. I'm going to do the best that I can, but I could use your stuff. And I remember when Fraser's wife at the time brought up all the stuff for the pony uh, uh, stuff and, and all that. That was, that's right. That was floating world. Yeah. Yes, I, indeed. Um, we worked out, we worked out a, a nice, well, at the time it was nice to me, but yeah. a compensation for. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Yeah. It unfortunately um, uh, just, it, 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 they couldn't sustain it. For some reason, and it became very difficult. Can I tell you a little? Um, sure. A little, probably a little tip. Sure, sure, sure. You remember British people? Of course. Yeah, I was his top. I was his boy. Oh, I was. I was how I, do you like that? I was the, I was the brains behind Fetfest. Not brains. I was the dungeon behind Fetfest. I built his dungeon. Wow! And Paul called me one afternoon. He was like, "Hey, mate." It was like. The people from Floating World contacted me. He was like, they can't do it. They want me to do it. He was like, they want me to take this over and run it. He said, I can't do it without you. He was like, if you're not on board, I'm going to tell them no. He was like, he was like, you want to, do you want to try to do this? And I said, oh, I don't know. Oh, I was like, that's sit up there. I said, I said, you got this, you got that. And, and we started talking. We talked for probably about 20 minutes about the, and I was like, and that's it. I said, I said, I get the fact that it's, you know, there's some prestige here, but the effort, the the, the, the rewards for the effort and the risks, I'm not seeing it. He was like, yeah, we're starting to see it from your perspective, man. He was like, I think I'm going to tell him we're, we're not interested. And he was like, how does that feel? I said, what do you mean? How does it feel? He said, you just literally decided the fate. 
of a huge thing. That's it, exactly. Right now. It's just what happened. You said, you just... Anyways, and that's something. You know what Wow. I was like, well, I said, the way you put it like that. Yes, and so I am the reason why floating world. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. It went down. I feel like I've, I'm big enough now. If they wanted to, if somebody wanted to bring it back. Yeah. I'd pick up the phone. I know that Dan really um, uh, uh, would love to see somebody pick up the brimstone main, though. That I know for sure. Yeah. But Floating World went down with such a bad kind of yeah. well, last year that it was in operation. It was really troublesome. It yeah, really they, was. I guess the, the, two, the, the people that were the people that were running it the first year were forced out by the the wrong people exactly and then the wrong people got their hands on it yeah and they worried yeah dan had run floating world there there were a couple of other i they had a couple of women prior to dan and dan was doing good and then dan was forced out and then dan took over brimstone and now he's just had enough that drill there is he doesn't want to do it anymore he ran into some issues and he just doesn't want to put himself out there anymore but i know in his heart of hearts he still wants us to pick it up but boy oh boy and i never I, do that i tell you i'm blessed to have this place yeah i couldn't imagine when we get some places yes yes we go away so yes it's very 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 difficult finding the place yeah. no question about it yeah. absolutely you know the venue was is the key critical it's critical. Now we have a really great hotel in Jersey where uh, Test Fest is. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah, Test Fest. We well, it used to go on weekend reunion. Uh huh. It was a person of color. Uh huh. Event, and I I helped do it. Yeah, I helped do their dungeon. Yeah, I think that uh, there is another. There are a couple of other kink events that go on over really? there, and they've just remodeled the hotel because it's a massive um, undertaking um, when you do Indian. Wed- weddings, Asia Indian wet weddings, and that and they've made it into like a wedding palace type of the thing, and they've really fixed it up amazingly. And but the the um, uh, I'm not quite sure about the management. I know that part of the management has changed, not completely, and the kitchen management hasn't changed. That's still good. And because when we do it uh, over there, we always do you know uh, a formal tea party and do and we work with the with the catering uh, department and things along those lines, and they've been terrific. And we still have that hotel to depend on. Oh. And I'm hoping that we continue to because they would like more business from the King community because it's money. And that's all there is to it, you know? I do want to add, add a, um, a spring, a spring early summer uh, event. Um, my thoughts go towards the Poconos. Or out towards the Pittsburgh area, right? But, have you done? Uh, have you been to the place in the Poconos? It, would ju- it just happened. They just did exotic exotic pleasures or whatever the hell it was a couple of, have, a month ago. I have not. Okay, yeah. uh, I was just there, and it was Kink Swing, Swing Kink, Swinkies, Swinkies. I love that. I think that's great, Swinky. I just love that. Um, yeah, and it was it, it was a bigger dungeon and more more kink than I've ever seen them do. Oh, wow. Okay, it was really quite 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 good. They really are, and it hadn't happened for a while because there were problems, and there was suing this one sued this one and somebody else. But anyway, they fixed the hotel up enough, okay, that it is doable. You still need to do a lot of work. The people who own the hotel that just owned it for maybe less than two months before we came in there with this big event. I was vending at that event. Oh, wow. 
Um, and it was just absolutely amazing. But they had a lot of people and they could get a lot more. Okay, a lot more kinky people and they would absolutely love it. And this one is done, um, I think it's the week prior to Columbus Day. Okay. Every year. Okay. And in fact, I think they're doing um, the Swing and Kink Olympics or something along those lines, which is coming up. But um, that's a great hotel and they seem to be very willing to do whatever is uh, whatever is uh, requested of them. It's up in, um, I'm trying to think, it's Lake Harmony. Okay. The Coconuts, yeah. Lake Harmony. Yeah. yeah, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 very easy to get to. And uh, so there you go. Aren't very many venues. So that, That's a problem. No, no. There's a venue up in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, which is north of Pittsburgh. I can't get to return my calls. And I know they do swinger events there. Uh-huh. And I've told them, I said I could bring a completely different crowd dynamic here. But... Yeah. Rochester does something, but it says no activities. It's just like a humongous vending fair right. and just a gathering or whatever you do, you do pro- privately do. in your own room. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's a Rochester Kink Society or somebody like right. that. Yeah. I, I've gone a couple of gay events like that. Yeah. That, you know, it's just basically we're a, a group of guys, you know what I mean? What happens happens. Yeah. Right, right. It's no structure. No right, right. Right. And of course, Mass does their thing down by, um, you know, Washington, not in Washington, D.C. anymore, out on the outskirts. And of course, Black Rose, I didn't even know Black Rose was still existing. I thought Black Rose died when the event died. Yeah. Well, the name is still existing. The name still exists. And a lot of people don't know that this was Black Rose's weekend. Really? Yeah. And everybody, everybody, everybody told me, don't take this weekend. What are you doing, JP? You're, you're, you're going to shoot yourself in a booth. not going to work. I said, Black Bros has already proven the concept. I said, we're taking this weekend. And um, and then um, while we were growing, Brimstone moved to this weekend. And, or no, Brimstone was Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, yeah. Did they, like, did they like move? Not I, not that I remember, okay. but who knows? Or, or, oh, Coastal Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Coastal Carolina moved to my weekend. Oh, okay. Then he realized that they couldn't they couldn't get vendors to do their event because they all came up here. So then they, they uh, Coastal Carolina's going on a, a different weekend this year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I will pass that on that you're interested in consulting yes. because wouldn't that be remarkable? 